Hi, I'm Todd from Finish Line Financial, and this is Retirement Secrets, where we talk about what it takes to retire like you're a multimillionaire. Today, we invited back on the show Raj Kathari, a veteran of investing his own money directly in private equity investments. Raj is an entrepreneur and also an advisor to owners of privately held businesses. Today, he's going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly about investing his own hard-earned dollars in privately held companies. He also talks about the risks and the rewards, and if you listen to the very end, you'll pick up his own personal secrets on investing like a multimillionaire. Raj's expertise has been highly sought after by numerous companies looking to drive growth and improvement, and he has served on the board of directors of multiple businesses and organizations. Raj is the founder and managing partner of Cascade Partners, where he helps lead divestitures, recapitalizations, acquisitions, and other strategic transactions. Here is my follow-up interview with Raj Kathari. Hey, Raj, welcome back to the Retirement Secrets Podcast. Todd, it's uh, great to be back again, and I, I'm still looking for those secrets, by the way. <laughs> Stay tuned. Hey, Raj, if, if listeners want to follow you or learn more, where should they go? Thanks, Todd. Uh, you know, you can always track us at uh, our website, www.cascade-partners.com. And they also put a, quite a bit of content and information out on the Cascade Partners LinkedIn site. So that can be another great place to, to see what we're up to here at, uh, at Cascade and the work of the whole team. Oh, great. Listeners want to check that out. Thanks, Raj. Okay, Roz, here's a question for you. So we've been talking about personally investing into privately held companies. What about individuals who actually own privately held companies right now? How might they think about being an owner of a privately held company, but also perhaps investing in other privately held companies as well? So... Um, again, given an investment background, I think of everything kind of from a portfolio perspective. And so you have to create a portfolio of risk and portfolio of wealth. So many times, right, for most private entrepreneurs and that we work with, right, their business is their single biggest asset. And when you think about investing, right, you get a great return there. And that's a huge return and probably the smartest place to make return but all your eggs are in one basket. And so when you think about, well, how much equity do I own? How much fixed income? When, when Todd takes you through figuring out that portfolio, that's great. But then you got to think about, well, how much private company exposure do I have? And when do I want more? Because usually if you're, they're entrepreneurs, they're more risk takers. And then that's where private companies come in. And then as you're changing and you're looking at like, what's the value of my, I mean, this is what we do every day, right? Is help people understand what's the value of their business and how they might realize it. Then that's going to change your appetite for private companies. It might be smaller because, hey, I got a big risk in my own company. And then as you get to the point where it's like, well, gosh, maybe it's time for me to realize my value or transition to the next owner. This is what we're often taking organizations and shareholders through. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, now their exposure has changed. They've got a lot of liquidity and now they don't have any exposure to this great entrepreneurial return that they've mm. had in the past and private investment, private equity investing. So either directly or through funds right. can create real opportunity for them to balance. And even when they're investor, when they own their own companies, 
as they get mature in their careers, right? They've got good cash flow. They've got pretty high risk tolerance. Uh, private investing can become more and more important. And so, candidly, where I see most people coming into it is they've done really well. They've got high cash flow, mm. good risk tolerance. They can look at that. I can I can take a double or triple. I don't need a steady ten or fifteen percent return. I've got that elsewhere. Mm. You've mentioned a couple of times of different ways, perhaps, to become an investor in the privately held space. You've talked about being able to go direct and investing directly in businesses, but you've also mentioned about investing uh, in privately held businesses, potentially through funds. Mm -hmm. Could you maybe share a little bit more about that? Sure. There's, there's a huge distinction, right? Um, private equity funds, whether they're doing equity, mezzanine, professionally managed funds have a different real profile, right? You're not investing in a company. Again, you're investing in a portfolio company led by a team that's whole job is to invest in private companies. Um, now, there's a, it's, it's like investing in a, a mutual fund. You can buy individual stocks or you can buy a mutual fund, which is a whole pool of stocks, and you're paying a professional manager to pick those stocks and you got higher fees, right? Um, so I often say to folks, right, you never want to start by buying individual stocks until you understand how the market works. So if you start out by buying a mutual fund. I'd say the same thing happens in private companies. You don't want to invest in private companies one off on your own as a general rule until you've done it a little bit and learn a bit about what they look like. They, they all sound great. Um, and what I can prove over having made you know, probably two dozen, three dozen investments in private companies, I was wrong about what the forecast was every time. Um, <laughs> and so, because it's very unpredictable. So I, I, you know, funds bring lots of structure, lots of education. When folks are doing direct, it's, oh, I got a friend, I got a buddy. When you really know is the whole package there, not just your buddy, right? Mm -hmm. No one's a great opportunity is, is the whole, and everybody else is doing it, right? That doesn't work either. Um, it, it's really, hey, is it the right team? Is it a good, good or team? And is it the right opportunity? And then is it the right risk profile? Because it can be a great team and the right product, but the valuation doesn't make any sense to generate a return. Because at the end mm -hmm. of the day, you've got you to make a return. This is an investment for a return. So I've seen great opportunities where the valuation was just too high. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I love it, but I won't make my return relative to the risk that I'm taking. Mm. You know, we've talked a couple of times here um, during the podcast about risks involved in investing in privately held companies, whether it be direct or through through a fund. Um, could you maybe share with our listeners, Raj, what are some of the, the risks that might be unique to investing in privately held companies? Sure. Um, I think one of the biggest one is liquidity, mm. right? At the end of the day, you cannot get out of a private investment into a private company very easily or at all. Mm. So if you need access to those dollars, there might be a crisis where you need those dollars. You probably shouldn't be investing in private companies and private equity because you can't get your money out. And if you do get your money out, they're going to take their pound of flesh to get you out because mm -hmm. you're going to have to do a fireside sale. Um, so you know, that is, I think, the biggest and most fundamental risk. Um, the other risk is, you know, there's just a risk of success. The earlier the stage, the earlier the company in its development cycle, 
the greater risk of failure. So if it works, you get much great, greater returns, right? It's directly inversely related, right? The higher risk, the higher the return, the lower the risk, the lower return. So I guess mm -hmm. technically that's, you know, the alignment of that risk profile. So, you know, when I'm buying IBM or, or DTE, I'm getting a consistent return. I'm getting a consistent dividend. There's not a tremendous amount of volatility. So I'm not getting, I'm not going to get four times or five times or 10 times my money as if I'm investing in the latest, greatest technology stock. But, yeah. you know, seed stage, early stage companies, 18 of 20 fail. Wow. So can you handle that type of risk? And I handle investing in eight, 20 companies and knowing that only two of them are going to make it. And that's going to create your return. Now, as you go through the development and the life cycle of the company, um, you, you, the risk profiles change, lower risk, lower returns, right? In early stage, I'm looking for a 10x return, mm -hmm. right? But later buyouts and what have you, two, three X my money is a reasonable return in that marketplace. Um, and that's that's because my risk profile is different. You know, we often, I often look at, um, what are the dynamics that are gonna change it, right? When I'm investing in the public equity markets, I can have a great company, but the market turns sour, it's gonna crush the value of my company. Yeah, right. Because I'm patient, it'll come back, but I gotta be patient. The, the, the private market is less, not immune, just less sensitive to it because I don't have a great liquidity anyway. So what's happening today if the long-term prospects are really good and the opportunity is good and we're performing well, right? The valuation only matters if I'm bringing in outside money. And if I'm not bringing outside money, the valuation doesn't matter because we're all on the inside. So I can get to the point where there's a great exit two years from now, same thing, later date, and that full value can be realized, but I'm not getting whipsawed, you know, day to day because the markets are going crazy. Hmm. Hey, Raj, is there anything else our, our listeners ought to know? Well, there's always the important legal disclaimer, right? We're active in the securities business because we're a broker dealer, but we don't offer securities to private individuals and, and institutions. You know, our only work is with institutions. So this is really just my personal work and experience and not that of that of the firms or, or investment advice. Hey, Raj, really good stuff. Thanks again for being on the show. Thanks, Todd. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Retirement Secrets. If you want to learn more about how to retire like you're a multimillionaire, please visit our website at yourfinishline.com. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. There is no assurance that the investment techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. 
Alternative investments may not be suitable for all investors and should be considered as an investment for the risk capital portion of the investor's portfolio. The strategies employed in the management of alternative investments may accelerate the velocity of potential losses. Any guest speakers, along with the companies they are associated with, are not affiliated with or endorsed by Finish Line Financial or LPL Financial.